Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everyone. Welcome. It's so great to be connecting with all of you. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we are going to be chatting here with Dr. Kelly Brogan in a minute. Mr. Benny is making that happen now. And so for all of you out there, thanks for tuning us in and turning us on. We've got a powerhouse lined up for you today. You know, kicking it off here with Dr. Kelly Brogan talking about a mind of your own. The truth about depression and how women can heal their bodies to reclaim their lives. This is one of the most important conversations on on the table now for people because we've heard so much about it, you know, in the realm of what we're looking at right now uh, in terms of our pop culture, how many people are suffering from depression, how little we, we really do know about it. Uh, and beyond all of that, it's really a question mark of what are the facts and what are fiction. And so when you take a look at our lives and you take a look at the changes and then you take a look at our environment, you know, what is it that we've come to know about our minds? But most importantly, what have we come to believe that may or may not be accurate? And so today it's so great to be introducing all of you uh, as I said before, to Dr. Kelly Brogan. And the reason that I'm really excited about this is because we're going to be talking with her about her fabulous book that I've got in my hands right here and talking about all of the very interrelated aspects of this. You know, it used to be people used to think about this, certainly when my mom was alive, they used to look at things and they used to look at things from one dimension especially around depression. I'm not even sure that we actually called it depression. You know, I think that, you know, my mom was labeled as moody. You know, she was labeled as somebody that just would not fit in. You know, somebody, and and, you know, what I now know about my mom is that uh, I'm a lot like my mom. And I don't really think there's a whole lot wrong with me, but here's the deal. It depends on where you're coming from, where you're living, how things are being acknowledged in your world, and how little we really do know. And what do I mean by that? I'm not just talking about psychotherapy. I'm talking about what are we learning about cognitive neuroscience today? What are we understanding more now in the world of psychiatry or psychosomatic medicine or integrative, dare I say it, holistic medicine? Well, as I'm talking about all of these, I'm talking about Dr. Kelly. That's what I'm doing. But most of us don't really understand what that is we're living in the realm of it. How many of us, 
how many of us have gone down the path of taking antidepressants. How many of you listening to the show know what that means? You know, do we even have a sense? Do we even have a sense of where that is in today's world? And what are the implications of all of this? Well, if you're Dr. Kelly Brogan, then you've studied this. You've studied it uh, at MIT. You probably studied it at Cornell. You probably studied it in, in the world by actually being in front of people. But here we go. What is the evidence? What is the evidence that is buried in the medical literature about depression? that is grossly misdiagnosed. She and I have something very interesting in common. You know, when we've stepped out to do our research, we, it must be in our personalities or our life path. Because when, when, we, when I stepped out and did my research in school, I started to look at the things that people were not talking about. And, you know, in the face of a, of a dean and, and, and my, you know, at one point, one of my committee members, and he wasn't on my other committee, uh, I had to, he, he could not be on my other committee. In the face of that, you know, someone is saying, you know what, this idea of insecurity is not really related to physical or psychological events. This whole idea of insecurity, it's just passe. Wow, really? Well, let's see, because Dr. Kelly has an incredible book. I actually do not even know how Dr. Kelly got everything in this book. But you know what? We're going to talk to her about it. Why? A mind of your own. Dr. Kelly, great to have you here. What an introduction. I loved that. Thank you. It's wonderful <laughs> to be here. Yeah. I'm, I'm so lucky. I did not get kicked out of my graduate program. But you know what? They did talk about that. <laughs> not surprising. I'm very oh familiar God. with the tension that can grow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I want to start out, uh, you, you know, and I know that uh, you probably have been doing a lot of radio shows, people asking you a lot of things. So yes. first and foremost, let me say I do read the books and I have read yours. Oh, but I want, to ask you an interesting, <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you an interesting question. I think each of us gets tapped on the shoulder and we get tapped on the shoulder to probably come up and come out into the world in ways we had not anticipated. And I want to talk with you about that. I want to ask you about your journey and what is it that or what was it that tapped you on the shoulder to literally say, wait a minute, wait a minute, something over here is just not making sense to me. And then really give you the gumption to start to explore things that were literally unexplorable. What was that? Can you remember? Was there like a, a lightning bolt or something? Absolutely, yeah. So I've always been a very opinionated person. I come from Irish-Italian stock, and <laughs> we are nothing if not opinionated. But it wasn't until I was specializing in my fellowship in essentially what's called reproductive psychiatry, right, which is women's health psychiatry. And in the conventional world, what that means is that I was writing psychiatric prescriptions for pregnant and breastfeeding women pretty much every day of my life. And I was pregnant at the time. And I remember knowing, you know, the available literature that was made available to me at the time, cold, and speaking to women every single day about, you know, whether or not to take these medications in pregnancy, I had this funny voice inside that essentially said, I would never want to take one of these medications as a pregnant woman. And I was pregnant at the time. And I remember thinking, well, that's dissonant, you know, and I just sort of ignored it. So it wasn't until about nine months postpartum for me 
that I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition called uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And, you know, like any autoimmune condition, there are about 100 of them today, um, you know, sort of that people are struggling with. This is considered a chronic and potentially even debilitating condition, right? And so I had that same voice recur. And essentially I said to myself, I don't want to take a synthetic hormone for the rest of my life. There's going to be another way. No, I'm, I'm opting out of this, right? So I had the intuition, I guess, to see a naturopath, actually, which is very out of character for me to do something like that because I was not raised a hippie you know, or a new ager. I very much believed in pharmaceutical medicine uh, and, and very much thought that health was just one prescription away for most people, but something led me there. I changed my diet. I changed my lifestyle, and within the space of six months, I put what otherwise should be a chronic condition into remission on paper. You know, my labs, you know, showed the evidence. And so that raised a lot of flags for me because I never learned that diet mattered. I never learned that it was possible to reverse antibody titers. I never learned that any of the things that I had done to accomplish that were relevant, let alone had any evidence base. So that's when I began to dig and I still am digging, but it's been about, you know, seven and a half years since then. And what I have discovered in the non-industry funded literature has just kept me picking my jaw off the ground, you know, day in and day out. Well, isn't it interesting that you and I uh, kind of have gone down that, you know, a very similar pathway about having a life event really point yeah. us in a direction. And I, I love what you said. You know what I'm saying? That Irish Italian thing. There is something about that that I think we cannot ignore. Um, but here's the thing, you know, you and I pointing ourselves in the direction of natural medicine. Uh, I would not have done it had I not moved to Seattle, the home of Bastyr University, yeah. and also you know, be be at a place where, you know, I got to meet some of the most incredible people. What is the, can I ask you this question? Because you don't really say this in the book, but you do. What is the secret here? And what I mean by that is, I know that's a strong word. Mm. Some people want to say, what's the mystery? You know, what is it that's not being said? But there's like a secret sort of message about health and wellness today. And maybe secret's not the best word, but there's no, a message. No, it is. I know exactly okay. what you mean. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, certainly. Because it actually took me a long time to, to understand what that special sauce was, right? Like what that, right. what that ingredient was. Because, you know, you could take a randomized controlled trial on an herb, let's say, called rhodiola. And you yeah. could say, well, well, here you go. Add this on to your Prozac. You should be feeling better according to this trial. But there's a real alchemy in the healing arts, right? So I didn't learn to be a healer in medical school. I learned to treat the body like a machine, like a bag of parts, and to manipulate, you know, buttons and levers, <laughs> a little more of this, a little less of that. And there was no um, humanity in it. And there was really not much room or acknowledgement for the doctor-patient relationship, right? In, in conventional medicine, we are taught that the placebo effect is like a dirty word, right? Rather than working to leverage it as probably the most relevant and powerful element um, in healing as far as uh, even the published literature is, is concerned. So it took me a long time to learn that I think the, the secret is actually mindset. And I've spent a lot of time, probably even since, 
I wrote this book, um, writing a lot about this and, and lecturing on this because I've discovered that my outcomes, which often I publish, you know, because they really are quite incredible and far beyond what I could ever have imagined possible when I was prescribing, um, my outcomes are the most robust when I am working with a patient who fundamentally believes that the body has an innate intelligence and a sophistication and complexity that we in our minds have not been able to fully grasp yet, right? So that belief actually um, feeds into a sense of empowerment and agency that mm-hmm. is totally unavailable to the patient who is dropping their prescription off at CVS and having to see their doctor, you know, for refills four times a year. That is a yeah. dependent posture, right? It's one that is largely fear-based. Why are you taking the prescription? Because you're afraid not to. Nobody would right. take prescriptions for the most part otherwise, right? right. So right. there's a whole um, very relevant belief system that you can shift out of when you see that the way we are conceiving of the body is like an old story, right? We call it the Cartesian model because it's, it's really looking at like, you know, this very reductionist, linear sort of mind separate from the body, mm-hmm. A equals B, you know, and it's, it's, it's really, it's an outdated uh, paradigm. So yeah. the problem is that the science that we are, you know, that's, that's coming across my desk these days really talks about systems, right? This like elegant web that we, that we live in, in our own inner ecology, but also how we're connected to the rest of the environment. And it just takes so long for that to trickle down, you know, to your doctor's office that most conventional doctors are still practicing from this old mindset and it's not working. So if you want to tap into really the, the transformative power of natural medicine, you got to get with the mindset. Because, and it's not native to everyone, right? So, so there are many people who might read my book and say, well, that's interesting, you know, back to my Prilosec and Prozac. And that's yeah. fine because I think that everyone should be entitled to what makes sense to them to their health journey. But there's sometimes it's like a little yes, right? There's like a little yes to these concepts and to this sense that it can't be possible for us to outsmart nature, right? We're not yeah. here to like manage our bodies into submission. Like, and, and if that sounds about right to you, then you're probably really ripe for a very different kind of, of medicine. Yeah. And you know what I love about this? Uh, for those of you just tuning in, Dr. Kelly Brogan joining me here today, A Mind of Your Own is a book. And it's going to be really difficult for me to explain everything that Dr. Kelly has put in this book. But I, well, I hope we do a great job with that. You know, it, you know, if you look at the sort of subtitle, The Truth About Depression and How Women Can Heal Their Bodies to Reclaim Their Lives. You know, I, I want to ask your help for something here. I really would like your help. Mm-hmm. Here, here's what I would like your help with. You know, my journey, uh, you know, I, I'm very fortunate to have gotten the mystery disease. And really, that's really it. That's what it was called. And then bumped around, a lot of blood work, brain scans, all sorts of scans, neurological testing, you name it. it I went through that. Um, and then ultimately put into a bucket. Well, the bucket I was put in, some people would argue was the wrong bucket. Mm. Other people would argue, wait a minute, you have this thing that, first of all, the medical association doesn't want to talk about, and it has far-reaching complications beyond the body. But here's where we need your help. It is 
for me now, I've learned a lot and we're saving lives and saving them by looking at what you've written in this book. But the, the narrative on how to speak with people eludes me. Mm. I mean, I do this for a living, Dr. Brogan. I do this for a living. And I have a very difficult time finding the words to say to people to say, I know you have tried every conventional way in your life to save your life. Would you just try this? Because I have some very real situations in my life right now about this. And, you know, I've kind of been told, you know, Patty, step back. You know, no one's going to really listen to you. This is not the path. And I know part of this, Dr. Brogan, is there's some things we cannot do. Mm. But yet inside of me, it's like, Pat, you know that perhaps there might be something, even when the diagnosis says you've got a month to live. What is the, how do we have these conversations? And I really would love to know what you have found is successful. Because I think if I'd had your book with all the research and everything else in here, I'd be at a different place. What have you found is working? This is such a, such an important question. It's very relevant to me personally because mm-hmm. remember that family I told you I come from? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have very close family members who take a piles of medication every day, you know, knowing yeah. exactly what I do, exactly what I've researched, knowing that I've come from the inside and that I have this to say. So it, I went through a very difficult period in my own uh, journey where I couldn't integrate the fact that it's like I couldn't accept that people that I loved didn't, weren't getting with me on this, right? And so that was a very powerful introduction to what you're alluding to, which is that it's not um, really available to everyone to accept that, that our trusted authorities, right, whether it's doctors, you know, or the government, um, may not be giving us the full picture. That is a really, really, really threatening truth to a lot of people, right? And there are many people who are just not ready, and they may never be ready. And you know what? That's okay. So what I have learned is that they're probably uh, the most important thing that you can do (laughs) is to authentically live in this mindset yourself, right? Because then you end up like almost vibrating a certain type of... um, I don't know, energy, lifestyle, you you vibrate it and people become curious, right? So I, you know, feel like a million bucks. I I, I feel like I look better than I've ever looked in my life pushing 40. I never get sick. I work harder than anyone I know and I don't feel depleted by it. You know, my mind is clear. I have a great libido. I have like, I'm Uh doing great and I don't experience stress. So. So, you know, my patients feel that, my friends feel that, and my family witnesses that. And I don't have to proselytize. I don't have to go advertising, you know, what I'm up to, because then they become curious, right? Because the the most powerful question is, is what you're doing working for you, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. most people can't answer that in the affirmative, right? Most people are struggling. So we're about to launch a, um, a webpage 
actually, to answer this exact question, which is how do you talk to, if you've been affected by this book, how do you talk to people about it, right, who may not be on your page? And and I'm providing like a set of tools, like a mini pamphlet and a video and, you know, a set of tools with, with the digested, you know, elements of the book, you know, for you to share with friends and family, for example. Um, but the truth is, like, are you struggling? Because if you are, you know, and it, and it feels like you're really treading water and not moving through your struggle, then maybe what you're doing just isn't working. So why not try something else, right? And if you care about science and evidence, why not try something that has, you know, a pile of it behind it? Seems seems reasonable to me, but you're still going to encounter roadblocks. And you know what drives those is a, is a real primal fear. And, and, and it's like a need to believe in the establishment protecting us. And it's not really my place, it's not your place to, to take that away from anyone when they're not ready, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. it. But it is the part of our own resolve. I mean, this is the place yeah. where we have to get to to say we're each different. We're each on our own path. And albeit maybe the path that I went down, which literally, like you, like you, Dr. Brogan, saved my life, yeah. saved my life. And, you know, of course, now I've become a spokesperson and advocate and, you know, and 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 the solutions that are coming to the forefront. Yesterday, I did an interview with someone that, um, my gosh, you you know, if anybody out there knows anything about Lyme disease, one of the things you know is that nobody really knows, especially in conventional medicine. It's not even classified as a disease. And clearly, you know, in the state of Washington, where I live, go to their health and services site, it says it doesn't even live here. Mm. And so yet people like you and others emerge and say, wait a minute, we have put something together that is so sophisticated, cost effective, and just try it and here's the science. Now, you know, what is it that's the problem with that, Dr. Brogan? The problem probably is that there's no pill that we're going to prescribe for you for it. There's not going to be a prescription where you sit down or an IV that you get because it's four bottles of spray that are saving lives. Isn't that, you know, part of our greatest challenge, right? But you've done such a brilliant job in the, in the book, right? You know, you've been able to take the, everything from minerals in here to looking at what is the next thing of energy and natural medicine. Mm. I wanted to ask you this question. Dr. Oz popped out, what, four years ago and said something like, energy, energy medicine is the next frontier. Many of us uh, said it's like the now frontier. Mm. How can you and I help and continue to help with people to understand the elements of that statement, right? Because you talk about this like in droves in the book in a lot of different ways. How, how do we now create, a, like, I love this phrase, a new narrative around healing? Mm. So, so part of it, right, is, mm-hmm. is understanding that we have only were looking through the keyhole before. <laughs> and that that's the beauty of science. I think the only responsible use of science is for it to confirm um, our intuition about the complexity, beauty, and sophistication 
education of the natural world, right? Science should never be employed to manage or commandeer nature. It just doesn't work. Look at antibiotics, for God's sake. I mean, we're just killing ourselves, basically, creating superbugs. We will never, ever win against nature. And if we haven't learned that yet, it's it's about time, right? So Mm -hmm. what we are learning is that there is information all around us, right? We are speaking to our genes, this entire discipline of epigenetics. We are speaking to our genes with informational packets. Literally, you can eat a piece of ginger, and there are things called exosomes in it that are literally going to influence your gene expression. And that information takes on many different forms, right? And it looks like from the development of the discipline of quantum physics, for example, it looks like information also takes on very um, difficult to pin down and very mercurial energetic forms, right? So Rupert Sheldrake speaks about this concept of morphic resonance, that there is like a, a net of influence that we aren't aware of yet and that actually many other beings even creatures can maybe even perceive, right? So there's a a large argument that we have whittled down our attention to to this very reductionist model, and we're missing a bigger picture that's really quite extraordinary. Uh, So much of the complicated nature of modern disease is really pushing the limits of, of conventional medicine, right? Right. Nobody's getting better with conventional medicine when you have uh, autoimmune disease or chronic degenerative disease or, you know, even, frankly, like eczema or asthma. There's not much that can be offered. Um, so, so the way that people are sick now is, is becoming um, the proving ground for all of these other types of more ancient medicine, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and there is also like a beautiful marriage of modern technology and ancient concepts, right? So um, the, these types of energy medicine that are using, for example, different kinds of technologies to quantify uh, energetic imprints in the body. And there's a lot, a lot of cool stuff happening, but we need to meet the complexity of our modern illnesses with an equally sophisticated form of personalized medicine. And, you know, I'm a big fan of it because I, I went through my, you know, diet and supplement stage, everything that I write about in the book, I have personally done. Um, and now, you know, I don't really do any of that anymore, apart from maintaining my diet and, and basic detox. You know, my practitioners are energy medicine practitioners. So that is, is the realm that I have settled on in, in this phase of my life. So I obviously, you know, walk the walk about that. I think there's some pretty incredible stuff, whether it's, you know, homeopathy or, you know, I'm very interested in something called endobiogeny, which is using informational properties of plants, you know, that we barely understand in very low doses. There's a lot of um, quite beautiful stuff going on out there. And as you're saying, it's it's often exactly what's needed to meet um, these very debilitating illnesses. Yeah, and then what you know, one of the things that I love about you talking in, in the book about, we're going to talk about this when we come back, is you know what is the truth about depression? You know, mm-hmm. if if doctor if Dr. Kelly Brogan were sitting in front of my mother, uh, you know, at her worst, what might that conversation look like that was very very different than what yeah. was actually prescribed for her? Would she be yeah. here today? Mm-hmm. You know, was the medicine that was given to her? We used to call them barbiturates, I think. I think yeah. that was the name of it. Wasn't that the name? Isn't that what That's we used right. to call sure. them? That's right, sure. Those were like the, the benzodiazepines of yesteryear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we had to get rid of that term because it sounded so evil. 
right? I mean, we have to, we don't use that term anymore, not because it became passe. It's because doesn't it sound like something you cannot put on TV, right? Dr. It's Brogan? like an onomatopoeia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to share the truth about depression. And then we're going to talk about, you know, natural treatments for whole body wellness. And Dr. Kelly Brogan is my very special guest today. The book is fabulous. When we come back, we're going to talk about everything from food to your house, to your closet and the healing process. But I'm just saying for all of you out there, the best way to get this is to keep this by your bedside, is to buy a copy of the book yourself, A Mind of Your Own. When we come back, we're going to tell you lots about how to find out more about Dr. Kelly, and we're going to talk about truth. What are we discovering? And dare I even say, GMO, GMO got to go. Yeah, we have a campaign, folks. It's coming. No label, no table. We'll be right back. I saw you there. Put a little in your life with keys. Keys Clear Protein Waters have 22 grams of smile-making, attitude-adjusting protein in every bottle. Did I mention its tongue-tingling taste? Not just another guilty pleasure. With Keys, you'll enjoy every low-sugar sip and freedom from gluten, lactose, and GMOs. Who needs the fountain of youth when you can find Keys on Amazon or at Keys, K-E-E-S, please.com. Put a little in your attitude with Keys Protein Water. Are you searching? Are you searching? Are you searching? Looking for a sign? A message, a message you need to hear? From the great unknown? From the most mysterious place? That is the most familiar to your soul in the depths of who you are? The universe puts someone here to talk to. Someone God gave a blessing to that you may find insight with. TheAngelLady.net 1-800-323-1790 on radio find your shine with kelly is the show that celebrates what makes you you join co-hosts kelly wadler and dr pat basili as they break down how to brilliantly fuel and move your body and love what makes you shine kelly is a professional arts and wellness coach dedicated to helping brilliant women find their confidence energy self-love and shine tune in to shine on radio with kelly and find your shine on transformationtalkradio.com Hi, I'm Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio. And here's your tip of the week. When we own our own responsibility, we're choosing to own our choices, our energy, our day, our jobs, our relationships. It's a tall order. And what difference does that make? Well, plenty. We're choosing to look within, to change agreements within ourselves, to keep our energy field clean, and to upgrade as needed to make choices that are authentic to us. This shifts our language. We no longer blame others. We're no longer victims of our circumstances. So if we don't get paid abundantly or loved abundantly, let's look within and ask, where am I not honoring myself? Where am I not loving myself? Let's change the agreement. Let's get real with what's in place 
forgive ourselves and others, and shift into our new life. Visit me at lesliefontaine.com or call me at 678-665-3366. Let this be the last day that you choose to look outwardly and look within. Discover the eight things the elements of prosperity want you to know. Lynn Brown is hosting a life-transforming, soul-expanding evening on April 30th, featuring guest speaker and radio host, Dr. Pat Basili. Lynn was guided to make this a by-donation event for entrance, and all proceeds will be donated towards uplifting the homeless community. For more information and to get tickets, visit eventbrite.com. That's eventbrite.com, and type Lynn Brown in the search. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I mean, uh, you know, this is really, I hope, uh, I hope Dr. Kelly will come back. I mean, there's so much that uh, I wanted to talk with her about. You know, the book is super fabulous, super fabulous. Um, but for the most part, it's about the body of work, which she has said yes uh, uh, to doing. And I want to make sure everyone out there, um, Dr. Kelly, what's the best website? The website I have for people is kellybroganmd.com. Is that you it? You got it. That's me. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And there she is right there. Boom. And a little video of her right there. <laughs> and um, you can get a free, um, the first chapter of the book, just sort of to see if it's for you. Um, you can download it there. Oh, yeah. If you read the first chapter, you'll know the book is for you. And <laughs> they can also get the book here, too. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, now, I, I want to talk with you about this to lead into some of the other things you reference in the book and the research you have. This is a book, The Truth About Depression, How Women Can Heal Their Bodies to Reclaim Their Lives. My mother was seriously depressed. I've shared this on air. You know, she had her first bout of suicide and got sent off to Bellevue, then given more drugs, and then ultimately figured out, you know, how to how to end her life without a whole lot of people figuring it out for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is a story I tell because I go back in time to when this happened and I look at where we are today and I don't believe much has changed, but I Mm. wanted to hear this from you. And then what have you found is the solution? What should we know, Dr. Kelly? So that's incredible. That's very, very, um, very disturbing because I, you know, I can only think that there was a degree of what we call iatrogenesis in there, right? Mm-hmm. Unwitting iatrogenesis. Iatrogenesis essentially is, is doctor-driven harm. And mm-hmm. so what was so shocking and very difficult actually for me when I began to read uh, this non-industry pu- published literature was to the feeling that I had been writing prescriptions for years for medications that actually don't work in the way we say that they do, and they're actually quite dangerous and unpredictably so. So we've really been told a story, right, about depression specifically, right? We've been told that it's a likely inherited uh, chemical imbalance and that you need, just like a diabetic needs insulin, you need psychiatric medications for life to manage it, right? Yeah. And, you know, what? what is Incredible um, is the starting point for me, uh, which is that when you look at the long-term data, which an investigative journalist named Robert Whitaker did in his book, Anatomy of an Epidemic, when you look at the long-term data, you'll find that actually 
there is not a single study, not one, that supports the idea that you're better off taking psychiatric medications like antidepressants than if you never did, right? So the long-term outcomes are not very good. So then what do we look why don't we look at the short-term outcomes, right? Well, they must take the edge off or bridge a gap or, you know, you need to do something when somebody's suicidal, right? Probably start them on Prozac or Zoloft. Makes sense to do that. But the truth is that if you look at the short-term data, as um, a researcher named Irving Kirsch has done in two major meta-analyses, when you look at the short-term data, you'll find that actually these medications don't work. They just don't work. The efficacy is like 30 to 50%, which is obviously not even better than a coin toss. But then actually within that uh, percentage, if you account for something called the active placebo effect, we find that these medications have, cannot stand apart from placebo at all. And that bugs a lot of people, right, including me, <laughs> when I first read about it, because we've all met people who say, well, Prozac saved my life. You know, I'm only here because of Prozac. Uh, for example. But the truth is that the belief that Prozac was going to save your life is actually what drove all of the changes that occurred in your body subsequently. And this sounds like a ridiculous notion, but actually across medicine, including in the realm of surgery, we are finding that that belief, much of which we are taught through direct-to-consumer advertising, that that belief is actually what is responsible for our healing or our beneficial uh, outcomes, right? And, and there are fascinating studies that demonstrate this, including one of my favorites, which is a trial of patients who were treated to remission on Prozac, right? So thought it was doing a great job fixing them up. And then they are told in this trial that they are going to be randomized to either receive their very same dose of Prozac every day or a sugar pill. And what was so funny about the study was that both of the groups actually became depressed, right? So Mary in the study who took 40 milligrams of Prozac on Tuesday and 40 milligrams on Wednesday by Thursday with her 40 milligrams, she was acutely depressed. Why? Because her belief and concern that she was going to get the sugar pill overpowered whatever was going on with the Prozac that had supposedly, you know, saved her life, right? This is how important what we are calling expectancy is in psychiatry. Yeah. So if we acknowledge that they actually aren't very effective, and that's not surprising because we don't even know what depression is, as you were saying, right? Right, right, And, right. and what I, yeah, so, so what I talk about in, in the book is how, as far as I can tell, you know, depression is just like a fever. It's, it's not a disease. It's a symptom. It's not a thing, right? It can be caused by many, 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 highly reversible physical imbalances, right, from thyroid dysfunction to chemical or metal exposure to food intolerances to blood sugar instability to B12 deficiency. We call all those things depression, right? Um, so it's not a thing. So that there would be one medication that would fix it makes really no sense. It's almost an absurd concept. But what really is relevant maybe to your mom's um, experience yeah. is, is what makes my blood run cold, which is what I have learned about the very, very real and documented and hidden in that locked file drawer by the pharmaceutical industry uh, risk for violence and homicide when you are started on medications, specifically antidepressants, when the dose is changed or when you're taken off them, right? So if you go onto a website called ssristories.org, you'll find all of the media making 
um, infanticide, homicide, suicide, mass murder, including school shootings, were all committed by people who were in those categories. Recently started, recently dosed, changed, or recently taken off uh, an antidepressant. That is harrowing, right? Because it is Russian roulette. And, and the data, you know, there's a very important study done on this, 11 cases of, of parents murdering their own children yes. spontaneously, right? Yeah. And, and they found that all of these people had a variant in a gene in their liver, right? It's called a cytochrome variant. Uh, guess who's screening for that before writing a prescription? Not your primary care doctor who writes, you know, 75% of the antidepressant prescriptions in this country. So it's total Russian roulette. And that, to me, is extremely concerning because this isn't like a why not kind of a thing. This right. could literally be a life-ending decision. And when we're, when we're talking about, well, there's got to be something we can do for, for you know, patients who are acutely depressed or, or even suicidal, you know, my position is just because this is all we've got to offer them doesn't mean we should offer it to them. I'm sorry. Like, we, you know, it's not the safe and effective magic pill we want it to be, and we just have to you know, sort of acknowledge that, that reality. And, and there, are, there are other options, right? So, so we should probably honor the physician's oath, right, of, of first do no harm. Yeah. And let's talk about this for a minute because it's fascinating, you know, that uh, you're having this conversation. You know, there's something my grandma must have known. And, and this, you talk about this in the book, and I really want to get to it, is she must have known as many of our Italian, Irish folks knew, is that you're, you're not feeling well or you're having a mood thing. Grandpa's going to pull something from the herb garden and we're going to put it in here and we're going to put it in a tea or we're going to put it in a soup. And, you know, you're going to feel better. Yeah. I don't know how many people I've given my grandmother's uh, Italian uh, chicken, garlic, parsley soup to when they've had the flu that within 12 hours don't feel better. But, but isn't this, now let's, let's talk about this because where are we experiencing the absorption of not just the medications, but everything we're putting in our body? And you address this in the book. You address what's going on in the gut. But we would have never had this conversation, not even 10 years ago, right. about the gut and depression, would we? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's, it's barely happening in the mainstream right now. Um, and there's actually been, you know, about 10 years of, of data on this. And yeah. it really began to explode after we finished the Human Genome Project. <laughs> I didn't have much to do with it, but finished <laughs> the, the Human Genome Project, right, about 10 or so years ago and discovered that we, we weren't going to crack the code through the sequencing of our protein-coding genes, right? That, in fact, we aren't much more complicated than an earthworm or a grain of rice. And that uh, was humbling because <laughs> we had to begin to look for where our uh, unique physical expression, our, our disease risk was coming from. And that's, you know, when attention was put on the microbiome, right, which is this ecology of, of trillions of bacteria primarily, but also virus and fungus and archaea and other, you know, sort of creepy crawlies that are in, not only inside us, but actually dominate in so many ways and orchestrate everything that goes on in our body, from our immune system to our hormonal system, and namely to our brain function. Um, you know, there, there's even recent literature looking at Parkinson's, 
being a microbiome originating disease, right? Yeah. So there is nothing that the microbiome does not touch, you know, from from, uh, blood sugar stability to, um, you know, excretion of estrogen. Uh, And when it comes to the brain, we have a pretty good understanding of how those two communicate, right? So I think it's pretty intuitive for many of us that the brain controls or at least influences the gut, right? We've all been nervous and felt, you know, butterflies in our stomach or lost our appetite or even had diarrhea, let's say. Um, But I think it's less intuitive that the gut could actually feed forward messages up to the brain, that this is a bi-directional relationship. And that's what most of the literature is looking at, how changes in your um, microbial balance in your gut can actually trigger inflammatory cascades in your brain through immune cells that we now have a name for. You know, when I was in medical school not terribly long ago, we didn't even think that the the brain had any immune activity. We thought it was an immune-privileged site, right? Now, of course, we know that because we see all of these illnesses, like, you know, like we were discussing, neuro-Lyme or autism, um, all of the psychiatric illnesses from bipolar to schizophrenia are directly correlated to inflammation in the brain and to immune activity at that um, site. So if that's starting in the gut, right, then how is it getting there? We think it's mostly through a nerve called the vagus nerve that these signals are sent uh, and it makes sense, right? You think about it evolutionarily, you know, our, our most um, important contact with the environment was through what we put in our mouth, right? Yeah. It was through the food that we yeah. ate. And so this is the way that our brain understands what it needs to direct in terms of our behavior, how it needs to, um, you know, sort of like guide the organism. So it makes a lot of sense. It also recenters food as being our primary tool for brain healing, which is a really radical concept still. You know, it's interesting we're talking about this, and you talk about this in the book, and I want to kind of, you know, make the jump. Uh, We were talking about GMOs, but that's only, that's the tip of the iceberg. You know, I got a, a letter that came across my desk either yesterday or today about food packaging, and we're talking about even tiny amounts of BPA, right? Mm-hmm. We're t- now, uh, it can just, and, and the, I get the letter and it says, well, wait a minute, this BPA, what is it? Toxic chemi- chemical b- bisphenol or however you say <laughs> you it. You got it, yeah. I, uh, okay. What can disrupt the endocrine system? It's yeah. in, uh, it's linked to infertility and what? It's in our food? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm starting to read something and I said it's used to coat the inside of most food and beverage cans. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you and I started to talk about like there's a secret. Holy cow. I mean, we don't even know what we don't know. And then we wonder why, right? The latest information on uh, autoimmune disease is off the charts. I mean, how can we not make the connection here? What is it that we're not wanting to see? There is such a tremendous uh, assault underway, you know, when it comes to our bodies, minds, and even spirits uh, in, in, our, in our modern lifestyle. There's so many guilty parties that, you know, they can pa- pass the potato and point fingers till the cows come home. And there is also a complexity to how these different toxicants 
synergized, right? It's called the cocktail effect. That is very individual, right? So you might eat some mercury-laden tuna fish, uh, you know, take a prescription drug and then, you know, get a vaccine and might be totally fine. You know, mm. I might do any given one of those things at a very small dose and be totally debilitated. How do we account for that? We are just beginning to learn about what's called biochemical individuality. You know, but the, but the truth is that we evolved over two and a half million years, right, to expect a certain type of um, environment and a certain type of lifestyle. And certainly nothing in that evolution prepared us for the 100,000-some, you know, largely unstudied for human safety chemicals in our modern-day environment. And nobody wants, an industry wants to take responsibility for it because why would they? There's no incentive to, right? And that's yeah. where the sort of regulatory role of the government, if the government has any role, it's probably, right, to, to protect our um, health and integrity of our bodies uh, from the profit-bearing interests of industry. I don't know. I'm not a politician, but it seems to me like that makes some sense, right? And so there's no transparency. There's a real collusion, even evidenced by, you know, figures who, who you know, circulate through the re revolving door of industry, whether it's Monsanto to government or even the CDC to the pharma industry. Um, it's quite extraordinary once you lift the veil so that actually, this is something I've really struggled with because sometimes you have the feeling like, wow, we're just swimming in a sea of, of toxicants. You know, glyphosate, Roundup's active ingredient is in our rainwater. Yeah. What? I mean, you know, how do I, I have two children. I mean, this, I cried myself to sleep at night for months when I was deep in this research, just feeling hopeless. Like, what can we possibly do? It's everywhere. But, yeah. the, you know, what, where I've come to is that I have to acknowledge that despite that, you know, the body gives us this gift of resiliency. I don't, we should all be dead, frankly. The fact that we're yeah. even walking around on this planet is really quite incredible. Well, uh, actually, our bodies are actually miraculous. I mean, exactly. if we could give our bodies enough room to do what it needs to do, then there we go. I'll tell you what's appalling to me is the fact that I'm reading a bill from a California uh, senator who is seriously concerned about this, and I actually have to, I, I mean, the very fact that we are not willing to put a label mm. and we have to go through the political system to do this is insanity to me. <laughs> I mean, this is something that is far more serious than even nicotine. Yes. And, yeah, oh, and, yes, and it's yes. just one of a few. I mean, don't you think that is the absurdity of this? It's kind of like I'm actually going to call this center and I'm going to say this is really absurd. Are you serious that we it's actually have to have a power of industry. I mean, we had doctors recommending smoking a couple of decades, <laughs> decades ago, right? It's the power of industry, what the Grocery Manufacturers Association has done to convince people that labeling is actually going to cost them money. Right. That was their ploy when, you know, when this was going down on the West Coast. Uh, it, it's really time for people to wake up and to begin to do their own research, because it's, it's really a matter of, you know, pay the farmer or pay the doctor. If you want, you know, in many ways we've colluded, right? We've asked for conveniences and quick fixes, and we, we want everything now fast and easy, right? And yeah. industry has provided that for us, but... You know, hopefully we can all take a step back and say, okay, I get it. You know, microwaving my plastic, 
I don't know. If, if I don't want to, <laughs> if I don't want to deal with the cancer on the other end of that, then I probably should inconvenience myself a little bit by turning on my stove and putting it in a glass container. You know, we have to begin to take radical responsibility, um, stop depending on these quote unquote authority figures, and begin to demand transparency uh, if if we want to actually retain. Any, any semblance of bodily integrity and, and health, because the whole system feeds itself. I mean, we're sicker than we've ever been in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. And there's, as you said, there's no question as to why. So you can yeah. begin Your by book, taking though, control. does something really brilliant. And I want to make sure folks know about this. If you just tune in, Dr. Kelly Brogan, she will be coming back because we, <laughs> we're just barely scratching the surface on here. Yeah. The book is a mind of your own, but it's way more than you think when you start to read this. I mean, you even take us on a journey about, you know, why detoxing is so important because you're not just looking at this as, oh, I think it's in your mind. You're looking oh, at this. Gosh, There's no. a system, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In fact, that's the last place I tend to look, um, and, and not because it's not important, but because actually the easiest steps for most people to follow have to do with your day-to-day routine, right? Changing your mindset is challenging, right? For the most part, that's a work in progress over a lifetime. But changing your day-to-day routine is something you can do tomorrow, right? And if, if, if you are anything like the hundreds and hundreds of patients I've seen, then you could actually completely change your life experience in a month. I find that incredible. Talk about a gift, you know, that the body gives us. So, you know, detox is much more than this, like, fad concept. It's not like, a, you know, a, a week of smoothies. It's actually quite a serious process um, that needs to be engaged. You know, I learned a lot about it from my mentor, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez, and, and the value of simple things from skin brushing to even coffee enemas. And they're more or less relevant for different people, of course. But if you've ever taken a medication, taking one now or thinking about tapering off one, this is going to become a very important part of your day-to-day routine to give your body that leg up. And it, what we call in functional medicine, draining the bucket, right? Yeah. Um, because it, otherwise, it's just going to take a couple more drops for it to overflow again. I love it. And I love the way you've laid this out. I hope you will come back. This hour has gone so absolutely, you know, amazingly quick. Uh, And I love that you're saying to folks, wait a minute, we can get some change really significant done in four weeks. And, 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 you know, what you do is you really do take us on a journey. I got to try this zucchini and ground beef thing you got here in the book, that recipe right <laughs> I made there. it for breakfast this morning. I mean, oh, my God. So that good. Looks it's like, simple. Oh, I am not a whiz delicious. in the kitchen, so if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> well, and the other thing is I want to also bring you back to talk about some of the things we didn't talk about, and that is, you know, the death of coconut oil 30 years ago. Thank goodness we are we are having a mm-hmm. rebirthing process yes, of coconut exactly. oil and MCT and a bunch of other things. But I do, if you would come back, I would like to really take people on a journey of how what you've put together literally starts to create a transformation in the body. So thank you for all that you do. One last question, and please give out your website again. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? My personal message is that I, I believe from the depths of my soul that true transformation and healing is available to every single person. I don't think there is a single exception to that. And so much of it comes from opening your mind to these ideas. So I hope, you know, that I can facilitate that. 
Um, and again, my website is kellybroganmd.com, and I have a bunch of free stuff. I love writing. I love researching. So I uh, post everything there and in my newsletter, and you can also read the first chapter if you're curious. Thank you so much. This is totally enriching and wonderful conversation. Yeah, I feel a joint research project coming on between you, me, and, and Dr. Mary Newport, who literally... Yeah, I don't know if you know Mary, but oh Lovely. my gosh. We let's talk. Thank you Love so it. much. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Oh my gosh. We're going to take a short break everybody. We'll be right back. And don't forget the book is called A Mind of Your Own. It is loaded with things you can do like now. We'll be right back. Let's go out and I can be saved. Tired I tried to swim The preceding audio was via a Skype call.